Hey everyone, welcome to Indie Film Grit, a podcast about indie films and indie filmmakers. I am your host, Timothy Patrick, but you, you can call me Tim. In this episode, I talk with writer-director Patrick Green. He's written for TV, film, and video games, and even worked for Tony Scott. We talk about his short film, Tag, which is about a graffiti artist in Los Angeles, as well as the pros and cons of guerrilla-style filmmaking. Let's get into it. And here we are with Patrick Green. Patrick, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Uh, how how you doing today? Doing great. Uh, thanks for having me, Timothy. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about your film, Tag. But before we get into that, can you give our listeners a little background about you, uh, how you got interested in filmmaking? Uh, sure. You know, I, I was actually having this conversation with my wife the other day, and we were kind of talking about... Um, how things happen in your childhood that kind of set the tone, you know, um, for your life. Uh, and I, she asked me that question. And so I was thinking about it and I remember, you know, in first grade I'd written this, uh, it was like a comic, like we had to make comics. Um, and I'd written this thing called dog wars, which was basically star Wars with dogs. <laughs> and, and, uh, it, it won like this, award and so it got put in the um the local library and so like i you know went up there and they had all these schools uh all the schools from the district there and i kind of got to tell my story and i i think that was my first kind of inkling of you know wanting to be a storyteller just you know you see the power of story um and so i kind of fell in love with it from there wow uh, that's pretty cool yeah. so did they did they print multiple copies or was there a master copy at the library how'd that yeah. work yeah yeah, there was like a master copy um, at the library and they had it up for a couple months. And I think they even kept it up a little longer because, you know, kids enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, yeah. So so then from there, um, I became a journalist. Um, I did my undergrad in San Diego State and I, I, write, I wrote for the school paper, um, primarily sports. Um, and then I kind of segued into music. Um, and I think that that kind of told me or taught me how um, to learn how other people talk, um, just their cadences, because you're, you know, you're interviewing people from all parts of the world, and, and you're kind of, you're talking to people that um, have different experiences, and kind of going through their process of how they got where they did, um, and I think you pick up a lot of stuff that way, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of being, you know, stepping out of your point of view. Yeah, um, that's an interesting point. I, just by doing the podcast, I can uh, notice myself um, picking up on certain terms that people have said to me in conversation or, or rhythms of speaking. Um, did, did you find yourself, uh, you know, saying things that you wouldn't have said, you know, before yeah, an interview? Yeah, and then taking credit for it. Yeah, right. for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just, I mean, it, journalism, I think, is a, a great way to kind of get, to see the world from a different perspective which I think, you know, the best filmmakers can. So, you know, and then after a while, I kind of got sicking of, sick of uh, telling pe other people's stories. Uh, so I went uh, to film school hmm. um, at Cal State Northridge, and I enjoyed the experience a lot. I, um, it was kind of being like a, a big fish in a little pond. 
because uh, you're not at UCLA or USC, but you're getting a lot of professionals um, in in the industry, you know, teaching there as well. Yeah. So I hear um, a lot of good things about that school. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the earthquake actually um, gave them a lot of money where they redid their whole film program. Uh, so there had there was great facilities, great teachers, and there I think uh, it was a smaller you know uh, student body. So I got to do um, things that you know maybe I wouldn't have got to do at, at a bigger film school. Um, like I got to teach a year uh, of screenwriting um, to undergrads. Wow! And, and that was a great experience too. Um, I think part of uh, and, and I also taught while I went to film school. I went and taught. Uh, first through 12th grade as a substitute teacher. So again, it gives you another perspective of, uh, you know, listening to other people, seeing how they process things and, and being able to actually have a dialogue with people of how you're, you know, when you teach someone, you're kind of showing them verbally how to do things. So after film school, what then? Yeah. So I was working as a ghostwriter hmm. uh, for a couple of years. So I got my master's in school film and TV screenwriting at Northridge. Um, and then after that, I, uh, I had sent, so for your thesis, you, um, you write a script. And that script, it was this uh, kind of a spaghetti Western. I wrote a spaghetti Western set in Afghanistan, in modern day Afghanistan. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I kind of used all the tropes of, of a Western, mm -hmm. uh, kind of set it in modern times with you know the stranger coming into town. And um, so, that got me some meetings, and all the meetings I took were basically, we'll never do a war movie. This is like kind of when the Afghanistan war was kind of in, in full effect. Mm -hmm. uh, so people were like, you know, this is a great spec, but, you know, it's never going to get made. Uh, but it did get me a job. And so I kind of got taken in by Tony Scott, uh, the director, wow. uh, and his stable of... Uh, of writers and, and producers. And so I did some ghost writing, uh, on a couple projects. Um, and so that was a, a big learning experience where I, I guess, you know, you paid your dues where, uh, you get paid, but your name's not anything. Right. Um, and like I said, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a gift and a curse where you, you have access and you're, you know, you're working on these great projects that you only dreamed of. Um, yet, your name's not anything. So, uh, you know, you don't, you're not going into rooms and meeting people and you're kind of, uh, the gimp in the closet. You know, I, I used to call myself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was like passed around, like, you know, a bit like a village bicycle. Um, and then after a while I just kind of, you know, I was like, you know, I'm getting paid, I'm making decent money, but I don't really have a career, you know? Um, so I branched out on my own. And, you know, that's kind of like starting over, yet you've been exposed to and been getting paid. So now you're starting over and writing specs again. And it's, you know, it's tough. I, I kind of took a, a reverse way into the business where I kind of started off with a job right away and then a writing job right away and then kind of had to go back and start over. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was it was it's been you know, it's been a it's been a. a up and down kind of a thing, like you know most people have in the business. Um, but yeah, I sold I sold a couple pitches, um, wrote some specs, and developed some stuff with production companies. But nothing ever uh, became you know it, we never made anything. 
so and your and your role, your role or your preferred role is writer director on these projects. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I had always written. I've always been a writer. I think that's my base. That's always going to be my where I've come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, as I was saying, after writing these projects and you know, uh, as a ghostwriter and seeing things get made. Um, and then going out on my own and selling stuff actually, you know, but not having anything made. Um, I decided to just do it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, what does Yoda say? He says, uh, do or do, do not, or do not. There is there no is try. Not. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I had this project tag that I, uh, that I had been developing and I was, there's a TV project. And so, you know, I said, you know what, I'm just going to shoot the teaser, you know, the first five minutes of it. Uh, so I got a few friends to invest. Um, and then I kind of just did it on my own. Very cool. Yeah. So I think, you know, as, as you're trying to do something on your own, I think there's some things that you should, you know, I think this is especially for your audience, uh, you know, and it's kind of stuff that I, I've heard from other people and kind of have incorporated as well is I kind of follow three things, which is, um, you kind of got to be practical, you know, when you're, when you're doing your own film, Mm -hmm. uh, and just in terms of, you know, I hear people, Oh, you know, I want to do my own thing. And I have this sci-fi thing with robots and, and I'm just like, Oh man, like I feel bad because I think people get so ambitious by trying to do stuff that they kind of get lost in it. Mm -hmm. And, Nothing ends up getting done uh, because right. you know yeah. I, when I watched your your film tag, and uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. You 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 simplified, and it's still great. You know you don't need the explosions, the uh, the multiple camera setups. You, you know uh, you can go bare bones and still tell a great story. Yeah, it's exactly what I wanted to do. You know, you, you see a lot of short films and stuff, um, and they're great, but there's a lot of someone's trying to be artsy and, and other people are trying to set something up where it leads into a huge story, you know. I just wanted to shoot something that was very digestible uh, with the things I had available to me. Mm-hmm. So that I, I think that's what the first P uh, of filmmaking, I guess, is is the practicality of of you want to do something, but you know, what do you have access to? Um, so, you know, you find thing, you know, I, I, sh- we shot it on a GoPro, uh, because I had a GoPro and I wanted to have, I wanted the person to really feel that they were a, a tagger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that I hadn't seen before. Right. Um, you know, well, it is a I unique, think- you see, uh, POV films. Um, but the only thing, that really has this style is that uh, action film that came out a few years ago, the uh, Hardcore Henry, oh, I yeah. believe it was. Yeah, Hardcore Henry, yeah. Which, which I had seen. Um, but this actually, it's funny, someone was like, oh, where'd you get the idea and um, of, of shooting it that way? And I was like, oh, you know, because they always say Hardcore Henry. And I was actually like, actually, I think the idea came from, there was a video um God, years ago, uh, from the Chemical Brothers. Mm. Oh no, Prodigy, Prodigy. It was uh, "Smack My Bitch Up." Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was this great video where it was POV, um, and then there's a twist at the end. Uh, but yeah, I think I think POV is it's an interesting way to tell a story. Um, 
but you know there are some things that you have to watch out for mm-hmm. whereas um we shot it you know because people are oh it gets too shaky and whatnot and i get dizzy especially you know the people that don't play video games right or watch <laughs> then, youtube i guess or watch youtube yeah so we put it uh on a gimbal and so the gimbal kind of lessened that a lot and it you know straightened the shots out better and mm-hmm. it kind of reduce that factor and then for the stunts uh we had a mouthpiece where the gopro goes on the mouthpiece uh surfers use it a lot oh uh yes so we had the stunt girl do that put it in her mouth and was running around and jumping um you know what what struck me is not you're not just using a gopro you're integrating it into the story and the character it makes sense in that story Exactly. Because, uh, you know, street art and graffiti is about, it's all about, this is me, you know, the, uh, graffiti started out as, you know, a voice for the voiceless. Mm-hmm. So I think in this story, it's someone who, you know, like all of us are, is looking for a way to express themselves. And, you know, it's the, there's a voiceover that starts off with, um, if no one's going to listen, I got to make them see. And I think that's a really like you said, it incorporates, you know, she's actually recording what she does, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you're seeing all the stuff that she goes through in the day of actually putting up a piece of art. Uh, and, you know, as a filmmaker, I think I, you know, that's, that's actually my second P, which is personal, make it personal. Um, where I really felt as a, as a Asian American filmmaker, I felt that, you know, my voice wasn't being heard. I wasn't seeing the stories um, that kind of, break down the stereotypes. And so I wanted to make something that, you know, shows a graffiti. When you have a sense, an idea of what a graffiti artist is, you have this person in a hoodie who's in a gang, but that's not really the case. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think that was, you know, I incorporated again, my, a personal story uh, into this. Um, so yeah, I think that's my, I think that's important. I think when you make something, you should try to say something with it you know, about yourself. Yeah, it was very well done. Um, I re- I realize I keep interrupting you, and I'm not sure how many more peas we have left. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's one more. There's okay. One more. Uh, preparation. Hmm. Uh, when someone sees this film, they're like, "Oh, you went out and shot something with a GoPro," and like that's not the case at all. We we shot it like a film. Um, yes, we used a GoPro, but uh, you know we scouted locations for months uh me and my friend steve uh we 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 went to Boyle heights we went to god i don't know how much you know dog shit or human shit we uh, stepped in but (laughs) we we scouted it and then we uh we casted it uh we couldn't find uh well talk about the the main character first i wanted someone that could act um that had a physicality to them because you know we're, there's really no lines, other but you see the person moving around, and the idea was to kind of really feel who that person is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ended up casting this great. Uh, I won't. There's a twist at the end, so I don't want to reveal too much. Sure. Uh, but we we casted this Power Ranger, and that person had the physicality and had done this before. Um, so. You know, everything from the running to the jumping to the ADR of how to breathe and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was perfect. And so the, the actual problem we had was casting the homies. Huh. 
because uh, in LA, all the Latino actors are from like Juilliard or <laughs> the real <laughs> actors. Right, right. So, so we went down to Homeboy Industries um, in downtown LA and, you know, uh, got some names and then got some people who knew some other people. And then that's how we casted it uh, with, you know, non actors who, you know, are rappers or whatever. Uh, um, but that was kind of difficult. And then actually when we were there, there's a funny story. Um, Cause we, I really wanted to shoot in the streets mm -hmm. um, again, again, being practical, you know, we, we didn't have access to lights or whatever. So we wanted to make it feel real and, you know, be able to shoot like really where people would actually do graffiti. Um, so when we were down in Homeboy Industries, we talked to this uh, local street artist, uh, graffiti artist, and he was like, oh man, we're, you guys, we showed him where we wanted to shoot. And he's like, oh, there's a sh there was a shooting there last week. So we, you know, obviously we're bringing in a crew, we're bringing homies, you know, with that kind of looked the part. And so we don't want to go into an area and put them in danger. So we actually had to move the location a week before shooting mm. um, because of a shooting, ironically. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it ended up working out. And, uh, you know, all the shots we have, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing it, but we're non-permitted. Um, yeah, you know, well, it really captures L.A. and, and sort yeah. of the artistic underbelly of L.A., Perfect description. Yeah. And we, you know, we, and I think again, going back to incorporating uh, filmmaking into the piece or in the theme is graffiti isn't about asking for, you know, asking for permission. Mm -hmm. It's about doing. And so, you know, yeah, we couldn't afford a permit maybe, but why do a permit when there's kind of a thrill of where you're shooting, you know, the cops coming to break it up? Um, I would recommend doing that because the DP. Uh, co-director actually got uh, arrested. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, um, in the last the last scene, we're by the train tracks, and um, it, a sheriff, you know, just like 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 you know, you would we'd scouted that a dozen times, and we never had a problem. But as soon as you bring the guy with the boom out, it seems like the sheriff's like smell it out, and so he came down and he arrested for some reason. Uh, the DP took him away, and so basically that last shot um, where sh where uh, the guy gets sprayed in the face, mm -hmm. um, that was all one take because he the DP got taken away with the monitor, so I had to actually direct that scene from an iPhone, um, and it was just run and gun, and we ended up getting the shot, and uh, people had warrants. I won't say names, but uh, they had to leave. <laughs> So uh, we got the shot, and then we took off as the sheriff was uh, giving the DP uh, a ticket, which he ended up writing off. But um, yeah, it was true guerrilla filmmaking, um, and it was tough and you know uh, stressful. But it, I think it comes out in the piece. There's an energy to it uh, mm -hmm. that I hope the viewers feel. Yeah, and also since you're sort of living through the main character, um, you don't know the identity of the main character. That also feeds into the, the, the street art vibe because, you know, a lot of these guys cover their faces or don't like to be photographed, you know? Yeah, there's a, you know, it's, it, it's about their art. It's not about who it is uh, because they're expressing who, what they want to put out there in their piece, whether it be their name, you know, in this case for kicks, 
or, or the colors they're using, um, the symbols they're using or what, whatever it is, you know, yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's again, a, a form of expression. And, you know, earlier, just, just now you were talking about the boom guy. Um, I, I was wondering about audio, um, because it does feel so, you know, by the seat of your pants. Um, but you had a boom guy. Oh yeah. I mean, that's another thing I would recommend to anyone that's going to do is yes. I think visuals bring a, bring a viewer into the piece, but the first thing that takes them out of it is sound. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people that make the, you know, DIY stuff, they, they, they focus in on the production uh, in terms of how it's going to look, the acting and whatnot, but they, they kind of overlook the sound and editing for that matter. And I think with our piece, since that we had, uh, used the GoPro and, you know, didn't have to spend a lot of money on the camera. Um, we spent our time and money in sound and editing, which, you know, it's, 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 a it's, uh, the editing is, you know, like a, a film and it sounds like in a theater, it, it has theater quality sound. So yeah, there was a boom guy, uh, and he was running around. He got in a lot of shots, <laughs> <laughs> But um, the sound designer, Peter, did a great job, and Jeff, the editor, were amazing as well. Nice. Well, I think it's a great film, and I think it highlights one of my favorite parts of Los Angeles, which is the street art, you know? Yeah. Um, just, I, I think, in fact, just to go back on where the idea came from, mm -hmm. um, I had seen this piece on Instagram, which I think there's a lot of great stories <laughs> on Instagram, because uh, I see a picture, and I think that's what kind of starts the idea and image uh, for me. And, you know, I, I saw this picture of this tagger who was a stereotypical tagger, and I came up with a story behind that. And so, yeah, I think with street art, what's really cool is you put it up there, and it's for everyone to kind of have their own interpretation of it. And it's, it's supposed to be there for a while and then eventually disappear. Mm -hmm. uh, our piece actually... We hired a local, we had been driving around Boyle Heights scouting, and so we saw this mural, and we're like, oh, man, who did that one? So we actually tracked the guy down, and uh, he was willing to do the piece for us. And um, we actually, the only place that we did ask for permission was the wall um, that it was was on, because we didn't want to, you know, take up a whole space. Because the, the graffiti piece is actually pretty big. Yeah, you and don't want to so, start a turf war. No, Exactly. So we got permission and uh, the piece was up last time I had checked. It was up, you know, eight months later because it's a nice piece. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we wanted to keep things real. And I think with street art and uh, graffiti, I think uh, you, you got to kind of keep the it to feel real and for people to kind of uh, believe in it. You know, you can see you see like movies where they have street art or or graffiti and it just looks so fake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like half-ass it's just you know bubbly letters that aren't even yeah. <laughs> shaded or anything yeah yeah so it's a it's a it's a short film and uh it feels just right as far as the story goes um did you always know it was going to be in that you know under 10 minute range yes uh Again, it was a teaser, so I wanted to keep it short. Um, and as you go through these film festivals and you talk to other filmmakers and programmers and whatnot, uh, you know, the, if you have like a 10-minute short, 
uh, 12 minute short, it's got to be better than two six minute pieces, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, that they could fit in there. So yeah, I think uh, keeping it, you know, being able to make something that's digestible, that has a beginning, middle and end and in seven minutes is, is tough. But I think if you're, if you're just starting out, I think that's a better way to go. You don't, you don't, you want to leave them wanting more, not, you know, this is dragging on. Mm -hmm. We we talked about the locations a little bit, but there was actually one uh, retail location. Um, how, how'd you go about getting access to that? Oh, that's a great story. Uh, there's a shop in Boyle Heights. Uh, Jerry, who's the owner, he's a great guy. He, uh, it's called the garage. And so he has this skate shop and they sell uh, spray paint and, it's this kind of local hub where local kids, he's very involved with the community. Uh, so like they have pizza there every Friday. Uh, there's like different skate competitions. You know, it's almost like a YMCA for that area. Uh, so we had seen it. We're like, wow, what a cool shop. And again, we wanted to incorporate the, the location with the story so you can actually find, you know, spray paint there and they'll go out on the weekends and they'll have like, they'll spray on like a, a community wall, let's say like a, a piece of art. So we're like, Oh, that's a great place where she could go rack the cans, you know, go steal the cans because it's an actual place. So um, again, going back to the, one of the P's being practical, uh, we use that not only as a location, but that was our base, you know, in the back where we fed the crew and, uh, you know, had the makeup done and all that. Oh, cool. Yeah. And we didn't want to, we wanted to use spaces where we weren't coming in and leaving a footprint. Cause there's a lot of, uh, shooting now in, um, in Boyle Heights. It's kind of this, this, the new up and coming neighborhood, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so we were going to be like, well, if we're going to come here, we're going to actually hire people from the neighborhood and, you know, become part of the community, um, for that, those shoot days, you know, and, and actually incorporate local artists, incorporate local businesses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So w when you write this story, um, being that there's very little dialogue, um, it, it, does it read, you know, more like a, a short story or a novel or? No, it actually, uh, it came out as a script, a, a, like a six page script. And it's just, uh, again, it, 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 we, we, tr we treated it like uh, a film where, you know, I blocked the actors. Uh, there's lines in it, uh, you know, where we would, they would say the lines or I would say, you know, hey, say what you would say uh, normally. So, yeah, I mean, I think, again, when you're going out there, you have to have a plan. You have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. So a script actually, again, goes back to selling, being able to sell your vision to, you know, a group of people that know what you're doing and, and know why you're doing that. Yeah. It sounds like you executed your three P's very well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even so, uh, was there something that surprised you? Something that uh, was problematic about the uh, guerrilla style filmmaking? Yes. I, yes. I think with um, guerrilla filmmaking, there's kind of this, this, you're on the seat of your pants, but um, it's stressful. It's stressful in that you don't know how, you know, you're always looking over your, your shoulder. Uh, and so I wouldn't want to do that to myself and the cast and crew again. 
so, you know, and then I think the biggest learning curve for me was the post. As a writer, I had never been, I'd been on set before, you know, watching stuff get filmed that I had written. Um, but I had never been in a ADR room or, you know, in an editing room. Uh, so that was a big learning curve that I actually really loved. Uh, editing, you know, is another form, I think, of writing. Mm -hmm. So, it, again, it goes back to my kind of base, uh, except now you're writing with visuals. Uh, and I think that was probably the most eye-opening fun I had in terms of, of the filmmaking. You, uh, you hit the festivals, and you hit them hard. Uh, yeah. How many festivals has this film been uh, officially selected at? Over... Two dozen, I believe. That is impressive, uh, man. Yeah, I think, again, it was like, I think if you're going to do something, try to do something different so it catches people's eye. Uh, you know, I, I think if you put this, it's funny, going like going to a couple of the festivals, of course, you can't afford to go to all of them. Uh, but I, people usually put the film either in the beginning or in the middle to kind of wake people up because it's such a different uh, short film than, than the other films that gets put with, uh, in that, you know, it's kind of like a jolt of coffee. So mm -hmm. it's, it stands out in that way, whether it makes you dizzy or you don't know anything about street art or you don't like POV, uh, you're going to remember it because it's different. And I think that's an important part of, of doing something, especially when you're just starting out. Um, I like how you show off the, uh, the subway. You don't know how many people I talk to and they say, wait, there's a subway in LA. <laughs> yeah, that was actually probably the hardest part of the the shoot in terms of getting on the subway with and having the same seat because of the multiple takes. Mm. Uh, so you know, people would take the seat and then we, we'd have to sneak on in the back as the actor came in through the front. So the, and the other thing is it's on a GoPro, so GoPros have a wide view. So <laughs> we'd have to time it perfectly where we weren't in the shot and then uh, there would be a seat open and it had to be the same seat, right? Because mm -hmm. we're doing multiple takes. So that took us a while. We were, we, I've been to the subway everywhere in, in LA, you know, going back and forth. Mm. Uh, but it, it, was, it was fun. Got to see different parts of the city. Now, I, since this is guerrilla style, I'm, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, that you... Uh, did not walk around with a bunch of uh, talent release forms for all the bystanders. Did you, did you think about blurring them out or you said, screw it. It's underground. It's gorilla. <laughs> it's gorilla. Yeah. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to spell permit. <laughs> I, you know, I like that. I like that, that it shows initiative. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's another point uh, is I think when you're just starting to do something, all you hear is no. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you know, who's going to give you a budget? Oh, you've never worked a camera. You know, you keep hearing these notes. And I think people are trying to, you know, not everyone's being negative, but they're kind of trying to be realistic. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear these no's, you know, as a as an artist, that's the worst thing you want to hear because you already have self-doubt. And I think you just have to overcome it and you find ways around it. You know, yeah, maybe I don't have Again, you don't have a, you bring practical. You're finding solutions, and when you do guerrilla stuff, it makes it forces you to come up with solutions if you want to get it done. You can't just throw money at it. Mm -hmm. And you know that that stress you talked about uh, shooting in this manner um, probably amped up the energy in your actors. 
for sure, because you're you, you're telling them, hey, you know, if you see the DP getting arrested, <laughs> and you have uh, you don't want to talk to the police for various reasons, uh, you're gonna put in, you know, you're gonna be on point for that one take. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think it, it forces everyone to be on their toes, and it forces you to kind of really focus in on what you're trying to do, because uh, there isn't a lot of time to waste. Right. So back to the festivals again. Um, yeah. If you'll humor me. Um, how many of them did you actually attend? Uh, probably, I'd say maybe eight. Wow. Uh, a lot of, yeah, I, we premiered up in San Francisco at the Cam Fest, uh, and which is, you know, I think... Uh, an interesting thing in, in Campfest is one of the, is the biggest Asian American film festival in the U S oh. and I think, you know, I'm half Asian, I'm half Vietnamese and for some, you know, for some reason, and maybe for some obvious reasons, uh, the Asian American community really gravitated towards the film. And we kind of just from that moment, once Cam picked us, we kind of got in this, this, uh, Asian American film circuit. And so hmm. it's played in Philly, uh, which is the biggest East Coast Asian American film festival, played in Seattle. It played at the LA Asian Film Festival uh, here in, in Little Tokyo, which is another great festival. So um, it was, you know, it, it was great. It played at the LA Diversity Film Festival. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's, it, it kind of went down this rabbit hole of um, diversity filmmaking. Uh, which That's is ironic awesome. because, yeah, which is ironic because, you know, the voiceover says going back to that is if no one's going to listen, I got to make them see, which I think a lot of uh, filmmakers, uh, d diverse filmmaker, multicultural filmmakers is their kind of angst they're feeling, you know, is I got to make something because Hollywood isn't going to tell our stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people that uh, that really want to be filmmakers, they have to make something. Yes. You know, yes. you can't call yourself a filmmaker if you never push the record button. You know? Yes, exactly. Um, it's too easy to say, uh, you know, I want to make this when I get a budget. Well, why don't you just figure out a budget and make it work around that? You know, I had I luckily I had some friends who believed in, in the vision and contributed some money. Uh, Marco and Loni that were great guys that just kind of wanted to see their friend make something and yeah. just ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> I, I compare um, making your first film to like having sex for the first time in that uh, you hear a lot of no's and then when you finally hear a yes, it's like you can't believe it's happening and then it's over in five minutes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and even with your limited budget, um, just listen, listening to you talk, um, you, you mentioned that you, you took care of some people like the, the business owner, you mentioned you paid him. So oh, yeah. we, that's yeah. important as well. Yes. I if mean, if you, gotta, you can. Yes. You, you know, you, you pay them something because it makes, you know, again, it's a, it's making them feel like you're giving, you're, you're, you're giving back. And, you know, we paid our actors, we paid all the crew. Um, it, yeah. And it wasn't a lot and it wasn't, you know, but it was something. And it, I think when you're making art, I think uh, it's, I didn't take anything. None of the filmmakers or the producer, you know, Vanessa didn't take any, any money, but you know, we, we, we paid everyone that we could, uh, 
and I think that's important. I think as an artist, it's, you know, getting that first check, you'll always remember that, you know, the first piece of art that you got paid for. Mm -hmm. And speaking of your actors, how did you go about getting a Power Ranger? Casting. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I, it, I, sometimes things are just meant to happen. And uh, when, when they walked in, it was like, we didn't even know, you know, we, after they left, we, we, we looked at the, uh, the, the headshot and we saw that. And then we Googled and saw, and we're like, Oh my God, this like dropped into our hands. Um, you know, I love, uh, I love in the movie where, um, since it is from the POV shot of the main character, I love it when you catch a little glimpse, like, uh, you see the shadow on the ground and yes. things like that. That's very well done. Yeah, we wanted to put little clues where people would, you know, watch it again and go pick up on it after they had seen it the first time. Um, and beyond that, you even use the hands uh, as to try and tell the story. Like by the end of it, the gloves are in different condition than in the beginning. Yes, yes. And that, that, that's a credit to the actor as well in terms of embodying something. You know, when you, when, which I think, and another thing I think POV people don't do, POV filmmakers don't do is they don't kind of embody, it's just more about what we're seeing, but I think what they're looking at is just as important or how they're moving within that frame of the POV should give a clue as to um, who that person is, you know, what they're, what they're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. um, and again, uh, that's why I didn't want to have a stunt person. I wanted a real actor that understood the physicality of the acting, you know? Right. Yeah. I think hardcore, I watched hardcore Henry uh, after, and I, I felt you don't really know who that person, you don't know, you're not getting a sense of character other than what they're telling you. Mm -hmm. You're not feeling anything within that frame, you know, that POV frame. Yeah. And I will say your little, uh, the little, uh, ADR, or maybe it was on the spot, but when you hear the little, uh, whimpers or, uh, breathing, yeah, that's... <laughs> those little things, those are great. Yeah, that, that's, that's again, uh, the actor, uh, being able to exp you know, with Power Rangers, you have a helmet on. So you're, you're doing that a lot of the stuff in ADR or it's a stunt person doing it. And then you're doing it in ADR, uh, the sounds, you know, the fighting sounds, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, they were great at that. That's, that's awesome. You got a Power Ranger. I, I know the, the new season of Stranger Things also has a Power Ranger. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you're on the right track, man. <laughs> <laughs> a wealth of talent. So uh, what's next? What, what, what's the next project for Patrick Green? Uh, so I shot another short film um, in Big Bear this past summer, and it's not POV. There is a POV shot in it, uh, but it was on a real camera and with a real crew, and the cast is amazing. Uh it looks amazing, and so uh, that should come out in the next year. Uh, nice. it's, it's definitely more ambitious um, from a storytelling point of view. And again, I think when you make something, other people see that you can make it, and so you get more opportunities rather than you know uh, shopping a script. They you, they can watch because no one reads anymore. They can mm. actually watch a short. Oh, this guy knows what he's doing, and you know. I trust him. And so you get to do another project and right. And again, I, the same thing could be said for festivals. If, if they see you've been, you know, viewed at festivals all over the world, they, they know you, you, you know, something. 
Yeah, I think I think part of you know overcoming uh, overcoming all the doubt is again it goes back to my dog wars uh, book. You know, when I made when I was six years old, it was seeing people react to it and have a good experience from it and believing in myself. You know, and sometimes mm -hmm. you just need, sometimes you just need some uh, you know some feedback or some. Uh, some positive reinforcement to who you are as an artist and what you have to say. You know, every project is kind of a new, uh, a new thing where you have to overcome new obstacles and, you know, something's bigger and you have to kind of take the next step. So, but you're, again, you're selling your vision again, and you're kind of using these uh, things you've learned in your past. Um, I think, you know, being a director is, kind of all your experiences being used at once, whereas writing, you're kind of using your life experiences into words. Uh, directing, I think, is using your every all of your experience and, and being able to uh, express that to other people, um, being able to express your vision. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I think my goal is to tell personal stories from a genre point of view. So... I think everything I want to do comes from something um, that I believe in or something I want to see. And then I put it in a way that's, you know, I think tag is a representation of uh, my frustration, you know, as, as a graffiti artist, you know, as a street artist feels my frustration with not being heard and actually going out there and putting something out there where they can see and, and, and feel it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think that's, that's a great way to look at something is where, you're uh, you're taking something personal and putting it in a genre point of view. So, what are you putting in the next project, and and what genre does that fall into? It's a psychological horror piece. Uh, it's it's right now twelve minutes, and it's a personal story about uh, my mom and I, and I put it in a kind of horror, you know, cabin in the woods type uh, setting. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's a. I think it's a. It's a. Great story uh, with a, a very good message uh, that's timely. And how does your mom feel about it? Well, my mom passed away, so it's oh, kind of... Oh, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, it, it's kind of an, an ode to her. Uh, I think I think Tag was kind of, a, a kind of a, some, something for me, something I had to say. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the, the new one, which is called Mommy's Little Monster, is something that I wanted to say for her. And, uh, very cool. You know, yeah. And maybe the next one will be for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, one last thing. I want to say something about a uh, tag. Maybe you can put it like move it up or something. It's probably more relevant there. But, sure. um, I think tag is, we, we were inspired by uh, street art graffiti, um, video games and our love for LA. And I think it encompasses all of that. Mm hmm. Yeah, it does, man. And, it, you know, I know it's not a documentary, but it also kind of feels like it, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I hope so. I hope it feels real because, like I said, like street art and graffiti, once something feels fake in that world, it smells bad, you know, and, and people don't like it. But if we, we did all actually all that stuff, we didn't go out and find a graffiti piece and say, oh, yeah, you know, they did this. No, we actually made one from a real artist, you know, and mm -hmm. all those stunts are real, you know, there's no fake. So yeah, I think it's important to keep, 
the gorilla gorilla filmmaking should feel real right yeah. <laughs> awesome man well this is a, a great little film uh everybody can watch it right now on on vimeo isn't that right yes uh it's posted live on vimeo now and um it also has a facebook page tag the movie which i'm updating which i just put up and so there'll be updates on that and i, I kind of talk i'm starting to put up uh little pictures and stories behind the making of. So you can follow that along. A lot of the stuff we talked about today. Um, and also you can follow me on Twitter at by Patrick green, like B Y Patrick green, uh, like the color G R E E N mm -hmm. and on Instagram as well. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, if you're going to, if you have an idea in your head, use the three P's and uh, go out and make it happen. Well, Patrick, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, this was very insightful. And I really enjoy the work you're doing, and I, I hope you come back and talk to us about your next film when that's out. For sure. Uh, thank you, Timothy, for having me. I think something like this is great where, you know, it gives a, a voice. Again, you're giving a voice to uh, people who are actually doing, you know, making films and, and putting stuff out there. Well, that's that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Indie Film Grit podcast. Feel free to go to our website and check out the show notes, IndieFilmGrit.com. Follow us on Twitter, at IndieFilmGrit, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Well, I should really wrap this up, but before I go, let me ask you something. Do you have the courage, the passion, and the perseverance to make indie films? Do you have enough? Indie Film Grid.